When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, and we're excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Okay, this week we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 13, Concert Interruptus. That's Latin, maybe? <laughs> um, the, Netflix, <laughs> the Netflix bio reads... Trouble ensues when Rory takes her friends to a Bengals concert in New York. Lorelai learns something about Luke's romantic past. (laughs) And don't forget to rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And send us your gazebo moments from the first season to TalkingFastPodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at TalkingFastPodcast. Now you've got me thinking about the Latin in the title. (laughs) And let me explain to you why it's not correct Latin. Okay. Interrupt is a verb. The U.S. ending is for masculine nouns. So if it was concertus and then interrupt with one of the verb endings, it could be Latin. But just adding a U.S. to the end of a word, especially when it's a verb, does not not make it Latin. (laughs) They should have hired an expert. Mm-hmm. All right, we're starting in with the critique early, <laughs> but also you learn something new every day. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It's about as far as my Latin, Latin goes after four years of taking it. <laughs> you still found a way to apply it, though, usefully, so I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, shall we get things started with our Talking Fast Ooh, segment? Yes. Sure. I feel like I'm either going to way oversimplify things or do what I always do and spend 30 seconds on the first five minutes of the episode. And you're probably not going to do it in Latin then. (laughs) (laughs) No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want that much critique. People would get really... I'm not very good at Latin. (laughs) It'd be embarrassing. (laughs) Okay. All right. I will give you a countdown then. Three, two, one, go. Okay, there's a rummage sale in Stars Hollow that Lorelai is organizing, and Luke drops off stuff, including an old sweater from his past girlfriend, Rachel. Lorelai wears the sweater and sets Luke off. Meanwhile, uh, Rory is paired with Paris, Madeline, and Louise for a project. And then they um, somehow end up going to a Bengals concert, and Madeline and Louise leave, I guess, <laughs> to go to a party, and uh, Lorelai hunts them down, and then uh, she apologizes to Luke at the very end. Sorry. Is that it? I totally... I, I was just listening to you. I, I like... completely forgot to <laughs> mark the 30 seconds. I was so surprised. <laughs> I was so, like, there's no way I was actually that good. <laughs> that might have been a minute. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll 
make you go for 30 seconds yeah as punishment that's good <laughs> <laughs> okay are you ready mm-hmm. okay go there is a rummage sale it's taking up Rory and Lorelai's house which is a bit ironic because Rory invites her group to do work there and they're all surrounded by all of this stuff uh Lorelai offers the Bengals tickets to them when she sees them and thinks they need to bond a bit more so they go there is drama Madeline and Louise get in trouble for leaving and uh, yeah that's that's it <laughs> that's it <laughs> it was hard Ugh. <laughs> Once again, I feel like a lot of this episode was like smaller moments mm-hmm. of just character develop, or like not even necessarily character development, but learning more about characters. Mm-hmm. So that's cool, but it's also hard to recap in, in a speedy way. Right. And but- <laughs> it's not like I feel like people use the word filler in a kind of um, as a critique or a negative quality and so it's not the perfect word to describe this episode but it was the sort of making Mm -hmm. the significance of maybe insignificant things like this wasn't huge plot points but it was still a delight to watch but it is hard to then recap in 30 seconds you know (laughs) shall we slow down and attend to all these different small fun moments yes let's do it okay i love how it opens Mm -hmm. (laughs) It opens with Lorelai and Rory in Lorelai's room and she's Lorelai is attempting to clean out her closet and of course she can't find a single thing she wants to get rid of. Um, this just gives us the whole premise of the episode with a rummage sale. Mm-hmm. Um, I This was such a Lorelai moment though like I can't imagine her willingly throwing things out and she she doesn't. At one point, Rory just takes a handful out of her closet and is like, this is what's going. Mm -hmm. Right. This might be a little on the nose, but (laughs) this opening scene is my Lorelai's Closet nomination (laughs) because (laughs) it's literally her closet. I thought, I can't, I have to, I have to award it. Um, And it's such a fun closet, as you're saying, it's like full, it's overflowing she is so attached to everything. She can't possibly let anything go. She mm-hmm. calls it her um, happy family of clothing that she doesn't want to uproot. Um, it's ironic because she organized this rummage sale. So the whole reason that she needs to give anything up is kind of her fault. Um, and the to- like, they focus on one piece of clothing while they're here. It's a halter top. That has tassels, rhinestones, and zebra stripes. And she's had it since she was 17. (laughs) My God, just so random. I know. It's just the epitome of her style. And just, you know, the very basis of what we form the segment on, her overflowing, fun closet. So I was happy we got to see Mm -hmm. it at the start of the episode. My Lorelai's closet moment will be at the very end, but I think goes goes along nicely with this mm-hmm. <laughs> i look forward to it there were so many possibilities for lorelei's closet this episode mm-hmm. i mean they talk about clothing constantly of course there's like the the sweater the infamous sweater mm-hmm. way too many options yeah definitely <laughs> so our next scene is 
downstairs where Lane is helping Rory sort through things. Um, there's a poster of cats in a toilet, <laughs> which seems like something that you like, um, that would be, you know, when you go and you're buying frames at like a craft store or something, sometimes there's just like a random print inside mm-hmm. that seems like something that would be <laughs> inside a uh, frame, but it was signed. So <laughs> yeah, when Lane Somebody really purchased that, <laughs> when Lane holds it up, Rory says another one. So <laughs> they've had more than one of these prints as well, which is really they, as you said, this whole episode brings up a lot of funny clothing items, but also just really random items that they're all that they're collecting at their house, which is kind of the home base for this rummage sale. Mm-hmm. It, it was really amusing. <laughs> um, but into this scene walks Suki with another major uh, kind of premise of the episode establishment. Uh, I feel like that was really weird sentence syntax on my part. Anyways, <laughs> Suki walks in to announce that she's received free tickets to a Bengals concert in New York. And it sets up this original plan, which original plan, which is then changed a bit later on about Lorelai, Suki, Lane, and Rory going to the concert that weekend. Which sounds wonderful. I've never heard of the Bengals outside of Gilmore Girls and feel like people will be, some people will be angry about that. (laughs) But I've, yeah, I've never listened to them outside of this one episode where they play a couple of songs. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's clearly something that everybody's looking forward to. It's Lorelai's favorite band. So, yay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is, yeah, yay. (laughs) Something else that happens in this scene, I mean, A, we get Taylor showing up with chipped dishes, which, (sighs) of course, (laughs) he would have chipped dishes. (laughs) Um, But we also get another, like, a foundational moment for the episode which is when Luke drops off his donations and then he leaves but uh, Lorelai comes and looks through the bag and finds this sweater which is again the infamous sweater Mm -hmm. I have a hard time describing what it looks like it's almost like teal and blue tie-dye kind of or like this splotchy kind of tie-dye almost camo and it's got like rainbow rhinestones Mm -hmm. yeah it's a strange sweater very strange i don't want to say hideous but i would not wear it (laughs) yeah me neither Mm -hmm. it does seem kind of in tune with like the 2000s urge to put rhinestones on things Mm -hmm. on everything Mm -hmm. um maybe without the rhinestones it would be kind of okay i think so but yeah, <laughs> they just make it another level. Right. So then in this one scene, we get both of the, yeah, the cruxes of the episode. Mm-hmm. Cruxes? I wonder what the plural of crux is. I wonder what the plural of crux is, <laughs> not cruxes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. The next day, our next scene at Chilton we get yet another foundational moment of the episode, um, which I, you know, throughout this episode, I enjoyed it, but I also found it difficult to pick out a gazebo moment. 
um, like one moment that really stood out amongst the others. So this scene does have my gazebo moment, but it's not like some of my past gazebo moments where I was like, definitely like, yes. But um, I pick this as my gazebo moment because the teacher assigns a group project and I like this trope mm-hmm. of forcing all of these kind of enemies or people who don't know each other that well <laughs> into one group. <laughs> so, of course, here we get Paris, Rory, Madeline, and Louise all within one group. And Paris is even like, excuse me, teacher, who did you point at? Was it all of us? <laughs> and then when it is clear it was, she's like, are you sure? <laughs> like, Paris really tries to work her way out of this, but is unsuccessful. And... I like that this sets into motion an episode with far more interaction between these four girls than we've seen so far. And it mm-hmm. ha- it like unfolds in a pretty fun and nuanced way that I enjoyed watching. So this is my gazebo moment, the assignment of this group project about their <laughs> Charles the first uh, debate. Did he receive a fair trial? I could kind of care less about that debate topic, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, you will be able to after this because oh. that was my Rory's bookshelf moment. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles the First, let me double check. I'm really bad with the dates, mm-hmm. but let me check the dates that he reigned. So he was uh, king of England from 1625 until 1649 when he was beheaded. Mm. And <laughs> he was pretty much the the last reigning monarch in England in like the same vein as all those like early modern kings and queens that we think about like Henry VIII and Elizabeth the first and all of that Mm -hmm. um and right after well he was beheaded at the beginning and because of the English Civil War which was pretty much a battle I mean it's much more complicated than this but it was pretty much an ideological battle between the Puritans or people who wanted much more like a strict religious rule and also um, probably more of a middle class, less of a huge wealth uh, discrepancy versus the nobility, including the king who spent money and the country's wealth and taxed a lot, um, pretty much just for their own frivolity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was beheaded. And then after he was beheaded, there was actually, I think it was about 20 years when England didn't have a monarch. They were purely run by the parliament, which most people don't know mm-hmm. about because we think of England as just like a monarchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um But then his son was brought back when people were like, you know, this parliament thing isn't quite working out like we wanted. So Charles II, you were hiding away in France. Why don't you come on back after we killed your father? And one of the big people that people might recognize from the English Civil War is Cromwell. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, (laughs) when Charles II came into power, Cromwell was dead but now this is a trial they should have debated over. <laughs> Charles II exhumed Cromwell's body 
and put him on trial for the murder of his father and like leading the civil war and everything that's so dramatic and found him guilty (laughs) (laughs) he found him guilty and then he took his head off of this decomposing corpse and put it on a pike outside of i think like westminster abbey or something like that you can find pictures of like this kind of mummified looking head people of course don't know for sure that it's cromwell's but cromwell's head eventually just disappeared as you know you would think a head Mm -hmm. standing on a pike for multiple years would but yeah they should they should have debated that trial that would have been macabre and hilarious Mm -hmm. but yeah there's a a bit of a history lesson for you (laughs) i really appreciate that that was fascinating (laughs) and i like that you brought up the trial that they should have debated i would have liked to see them go after that one (laughs) that would be that would be hilarious also just like i would have loved if they had slipped that in as one of the references that they don't really explain just like debate Charles II's trial of Cromwell, and then most people wouldn't get why it was mm-hmm. such a weird reference. <laughs> but anyways. Right. The very, the very last thing I want to say about this scene is that I appreciate how throughout this, um, the teacher is, like, giving Tristan a really hard time, <laughs> which I enjoyed. She keeps, like, calling him out as Mr. Dugray, which, by the way, is such a rich-sounding last name, very fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that she calls him out, like, pay attention. But then I, I don't really like how she's like, oh, stop staring at Miss Gilmer's ear. Because then that embarrasses Rory in front of mm-hmm. everyone. When really it's like, it's his fault he's not paying attention. But I liked that she was kind of being sassy toward him. Yeah. We also get a little bit of Tristan right after that flirting with Paris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paris, of course, thinks this is just to get to Rory, but... And Paris is happy about it. She really wants to be flirted with, mm-hmm. with Tristan. It's disgusting. <laughs> I'd also like to note, since we've had this debate before, um, and I wanted to demonstrate how prepared I am, <laughs> I noticed in the scene, <laughs> Madeline is the brunette and Louise is blonde. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good. So we are very serious uh, watchers. We do know something. But we just are trying to fit so much in our brains. <laughs> hard to remember (laughs) okay yeah they are troublemakers they're Mm -hmm. a duo so it makes sense you know yeah they're always seen and talked about together Mm -hmm. exactly excuses (laughs) okay moving on after the school day returning to the another storyline that's going on rory and lane meet up and are really just trying to formulate a plan that will enable Lane to go to the Spangles concert with her in New York. And we've seen before how their plans to get Lane to say go to the movies for a double date has backfired. So I was immediately thinking, like, I don't, I don't know how this is gonna go. <laughs> you know, you can't fool yeah. Mrs. Kim. And Lane's like main strategy was to tell something as close as possible to the truth. Mm-hmm. But not so she was going to say we're going to a play. Right. Because that also happens on stage (laughs) Um, and there's an audience. I guess that's the main similarity. But what she ends up telling her mother is first she says we're going to a show on accident. And then they try and cover it up. And she's like a play, a play where people stand on stage 
with instruments. Um, so they, you know, didn't really do a great job on the mm-hmm. half-baked plan yeah. to begin with. They fumble the ball to use a sports <sighs> metaphor. <laughs> I like that Lane clearly gets so much better at um, tricking her mother pretty much in the next couple seasons. Mm-hmm. She gets away with a lot more. I am sad that she wasn't allowed to just go to the concert, but, you know. Yeah. Parenting. And I know we've talked about, like, the mom code and how nice it is that Lorelai and Mrs. Kim respect each other's parenting strategies and whatnot. But, you know, as someone who's been a child before, I wish Lane would (laughs) have just gone for the lie (laughs) here. You know, like, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day... (laughs) Is her truthful, her attempt to say the play thing, just like an outright lie could have sealed the deal, as bad as it sounds. But we would have seen her at a Bengals concert if she lied. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I like that you mentioned that you have, in fact, been a child before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Great information to have about you. I don't even know how why I needed to front it that way. Anyways, uh, Rory departs from Lane's and heads over to Luke's diner, which is going to contain a momentous scene. But prior to that, I wanted to bring up my Welcome to Stars Hollow moment, actually. Uh, And it's a smaller moment when Rory is opening the door to Luke's. She notices a poster for the rummage sale. And it first caught my eye because it was very, like, quaint and charming looking just the typography and it has a little illustration of a bridge and the bridge is called old muddy river bridge which i think is just such a like a stars hollow kind of name for a bridge you know (laughs) um so i was already thinking like what a nice aesthetic poster but then when uh rory goes in to ask luke about it she's kind of giving him a hard time because she says you're not one for public displays of town affection, which I think is a great phrase. (laughs) And so it becomes clear Luke has put it up because Lorelai asked him to. And, you know, he wouldn't have done it if it was Taylor or anyone else, but he put up a poster for a town event on Lorelai's behalf. And I just think that is so sweet. I, I like the poster. I like Luke's crush. Everything about this is, you know cozy and heartwarming to me so that is why I nominated it (laughs) yeah just more evidence of Luke pining Mm -hmm. uh, for Lorelai I love it (laughs) he also even brought things which is surprising Mm -hmm. Um, but of course after that nice heartfelt (laughs) moment Lorelai shows up wearing this sweater and Mm -hmm. she's also wearing a green leopard print cowboy hat um it's fuzzy still not quite my Lorelai's closet moment and it's fuzzy (laughs) when Luke is like what are you wearing I thought surely he has to be talking about the hat (laughs) (laughs) yeah and clearly Lorelai is super taken aback Mm -hmm. I mean it's not really out of character I guess for her to come in wearing these crazy outfits maybe all the things together would have warranted some reaction but usually Luke would have said something snarky um, Mm -hmm. or sarcastic about her clothing though I don't I don't really know I guess the only time we've really seen him comment on her clothes was after she dropped 
Rory off at Chilton, mm-hmm. which is good. I don't think <laughs> I don't think men should go around commenting on women's clothing, <laughs> right? So we know, um, like, we know that something deeper is going on when he mm-hmm. draws attention to her clothing at all, but he doesn't really explain in this moment. So Lorelai is understandably left quite like confused by the level of like how worked up he gets and she later calls it a hostile reaction too which isn't really that far off Mm -hmm. it's true it's very not like their usual diner moments Mm -hmm. and that leads to the next day like as Lorelai and Sookie are going through the rummage sale Lorelai does some investigative journalism (laughs) Not really, but she is asking Suki very leading. Uh, well, Suki and Miss Patty actually. Um, she's trying to get the dirt basically on like why is Luke reacting uh, to the sweater, or maybe actually Miss Patty picks up the sweater at first and is like, "Oh, this is Rachel's sweater," and then Lorelai's like, "Okay, hold up, back up, tell me more about this, Rachel." <laughs> it is kind of astounding that. Luke had a whole girlfriend for an extended period of time Mm -hmm. and Lorelai never knew about it. Yeah. They excuse that by saying that she had, I think, an 11-year-old or, well, Rory was young, so she was trying to deal with that and also Mm -hmm. her job and everything. Yeah. But I can, I'm assuming Lorelai still went to Luke's pretty often even then. Yeah. They also mention that this was five to six years ago when Luke and Rachel broke up and they say Lorelai, as you said, had an 11-year-old kid and had just moved into the house. So I wonder if she wasn't in Stars Hollow yet. Like she was working at the inn but maybe lived elsewhere. And so maybe that's also a sign that we've questioned before, like how could she afford to have that house? Maybe she had saved up Mm -hmm. by the point where Rory was 11 is when they moved in. That's true. Uh, I felt like it was useful exposition. I'm pretty sure before the house they lived in like small like garage or shed or something outside of the inn because yeah. doesn't Rune move in there at one point? But yeah, so she was probably saving up money then. Mm-hmm. And she was probably wasn't yet like the manager of the inn, so she mm-hmm. probably had crazy hours. Yeah, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. Fast fashion is a blight upon humanity. We know your closets are filled to bursting with things you don't wear. Your garages are packed with trinkets and drum sets that gather dust. Thankfully, Stars Hollow's own Lorelai Gilmore has found a solution to your problems. This Saturday, the town will host a rummage sale for you to get rid of your old things and fill your house with your neighbor's old things instead. All proceeds go to saving our old Muddy River Bridge that has sat in disrepair since 1783. This week through Friday night, drop off your discarded treasures at Lorelai's house. Bring your sentimental trophies and trash, your tarnished silvers and spoons, your chip dishes and drawers, your dinged china dolls and children's toys. Just come into Lorelai's house no need to knock, and thank your trash for its role in your life and release it into the black hole that has become the Gilmore abode. For listeners of Talking Fast, we are pleased to announce that you will be given a raffle ticket with your donation. Just mention Talking Fast to the ladies of the house, 
and they will give you a raffle ticket. What's this raffle for, you ask? It can be exchanged at any point during the sale to buy back something you accidentally donated, even if that object is on its way to a new home. During this moment is also a My Star's Hollow moment when Miss Patty shows up. (laughs) So Miss Patty shows up um, and she has something to donate to the rummage sale. So she brings Lorelai out to the front yard and there are these huge drums. They're bigger than drums on a drum set. Mm -hmm. They must be like marching band drums. Um, The largest one even looked like it wouldn't have worked for a marching band. But she said that she danced on these um, in her in 1969, <laughs> I think in, um, I don't remember exactly where she said she danced, but uh, it was one of Miss Patty's past lives. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said this before, but like there are certain characters in this show that just represent Stars Hollow to me, like Suki and Jackson and then Babette and Miss Patty, mm-hmm. like they are synonymous with Stars Hollow, even mm-hmm. Taylor. Yeah. Because um, they're all just kind of weird and quirky and um, very specific people. <laughs> and so Miss Patty coming up here with her huge drums that she thought somebody might want to buy <laughs> from the town um, was my Stars Hollow moment. Mm-hmm. Because it just seemed like something that would only happen in Stars Hollow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah and she also has trampoline class at two (laughs) yeah you know we were or should i say our sponsors you know when they give us ad copy for miss patty's (laughs) we -hmm. left out trampoline Mm -hmm. classes but she does she's a jack of all trades (laughs) i wonder i'm trying to imagine what a trampoline class would look like in her studio Mm -hmm. so i know there are big like warehouses with trampolines in them but with hers, I'm just imagining those, like, small, like, three-foot-wide trampolines yeah. and people just jumping on those, which would be, it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, continuing on, uh, there have been various Stars Hollow visitors for the Rummage Sale, but now we get some out-of-town visitors. Uh, Paris, Madeline, and Louise arrive for their study session and they are surprised that Rory was serious when she said they were supposed to turn right at the um let me see what was it big rooster statue Monty the Magnificent (laughs) (laughs) which just sounds like like my gosh (laughs) it's obviously silly driving directions but what could be more true for like talking about an entrance into Stars Hollow it's not only like them having Mm -hmm. a weird reaction to weird driving directions but also just being in a completely different town and like state of life that they are now interacting with (laughs) yeah i imagine their houses like their front rooms are as almost as big as lorelei and rory's whole house Mm -hmm. so they could collect all the stuff for the rummage sale and not be out of space Mm -hmm. (laughs) it would all just fit the basement or something yeah um so it's an interesting experience for them. <laughs> Strangely, Madeline and Louise seem pretty excited about mm-hmm. it. Um, they both kind of start looking through some of this stuff. 
and they seem like they want to just i don't know be friendly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> maybe they just want to procrastinate the group project but either way it's something that you would expect high schoolers to do like try and chat instead of work mm-hmm. <laughs> to paris's chagrin yeah yeah paris in the scene is very like a like a disgruntled rich version of like a leslie nope character <laughs> i noticed yeah, he even brings out like bound <laughs> copies of notes for all of them to go through mm-hmm. and is very much trying to lead this meeting and saying who's going to do what during the debate trying to keep them all on task and it's not she's not being very successful <laughs> yeah she something that will be significant later is she very early on says that she will be taking all of the debate speaking time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Madeline and Louise agree to this mm-hmm. because Paris is good at debating <laughs> and yeah. also they don't want to do it. But this will come up later. Yes. I also, this scene especially made me really wonder whether Paris is a Virgo because <laughs> she has, this is so, this is just how I imagine many Virgos acting in a group project scenario. (laughs) Very angry at everybody else. (laughs) That's funny. Um, As you said, since Madeline and Louise are being friendly, it is interesting to watch their conversation unfold. Both of them are really curious in general about Rory's life and Lorelai in particular. Um, We saw a bit of this in their conversation at the dance earlier on. Where Madeline and Louise almost can't fathom that Lorelai is so young, that she is Rory's best friend, that Rory would go to a concert with her. Like, it's almost sad in the way of what they admire about Lorelai is clearly just, like, marking what is lacking in their own relationships at home. Like, they wouldn't want to go to concerts with mm-hmm. their moms. They couldn't think about liking their mom even. Like, um... <laughs> So it's kind of, it's sad, but, you know, it's helping develop them, make them a bit fuller characters for us as well. Yeah. They also are very curious about Dean. (laughs) Yeah. And I noticed something that I think might have been a mistake on the scriptwriter's part, which is at one point they ask um, Rory how long she's been with Dean. And she Mm -hmm. says, oh, about a month wrong (laughs) this is impossible (laughs) Mm -hmm. they even if she's just talking about from the point when they had that defining the relationship talk which was at the dance that was before christmas Mm -hmm. like right after thanksgiving so early december ish Mm -hmm. so they've at least gone through all of december into january Mm -hmm. and this is clearly kind of maybe i don't know february march ish Mm -hmm. (laughs) Outside, it almost seems like spring. Um, So it's clearly been at least probably three months since they became serious. So I don't know what they were thinking here. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that down too. And I'm like, that timeline cannot be correct. Uh, And it's not. (laughs) I don't understand. Okay. So upstairs during all of this, um, Lorelai is getting a little bit more information out of Suki about Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, something I thought was important to note that Suki says about Rachel is that uh, Stars Hollow was just too small for her. Mm-hmm. And this will come up 
way farther down the line when Luke and Lorelai are together, but mm. I thought it was important because it just, like, does more to show that Luke is really, like, a homebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. Um, and he is so set on staying in Stars Hollow that even, like, this love of his life um, isn't going to take him out of Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. He- I mean, he would probably never, <clears throat> never like travel around with her, but also it seems very clear that he wouldn't even move out of town, even if it was to Hartford or something. So I think that's an interesting point to show mm-hmm. for Luke and his character development and their future together. Yeah, it reminded me of that early earlier line too between Lorelai and Luke where I think it was Lorelai who said hard to imagine living somewhere else when they're watching that winter procession. So uh, it's also interesting to me that both Lorelai and Luke are two people who like feel incredibly strong ties to where they live. They have that in common, definitely. Yeah, it's like they're meant to be. Oh, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) After having this conversation with Suki, Lorelai heads downstairs to check in on the girls. She offers them pizza and soda she also compiles a pop-tart platter as an appetizer which has (laughs) one apple in the middle (laughs) for healthy you know it's healthy very Uh, balanced (laughs) but as Lorelai is um watching the girls interact she decides to mention to Rory a proposal which is that um Rory and the girls take the good tickets her and Suki will just buy tickets when they get there basically like cheap nosebleed seats and I would say first that I'd be kind of annoyed if I was Suki because Suki's the one who brought these tickets to them Mm -hmm. and they're really good so I feel like Suki should have been brought into this decision in the first place (laughs) but second I I think I I like support Lorelai's thinking here as she is mentioning to Rory like you are gonna have. You are gonna be there for multiple years. It might not be such a bad idea to try to like get friend, you know, friends. And I think it's complicated because we've seen them be cold to her or bully her, things like that. But I thought that Lorelai kind of observing them and noticing that they're having friendly chatter. They're talking about like other things besides the group project, like. It was a moment for her to kind of push Rory a little bit to be like, hey, maybe you go out on a limb here, see what happens. You know, I was like, I thought Lorelai's confidence and ideas in this moment were on point. I think this is our first moment of disagreement (laughs) because this is my Friday night dinner (laughs) nomination. Um, I, I was... I do agree that I think that Lorelai was right in like mentioning that it seemed like things were going well and Mm. there was friendship potential here, but I think she went too far Mm. in offering up the concert tickets and like pressuring Rory into inviting these kind of strangers Mm -hmm. to uh, something that was supposed to be like a fun um, activity where Rory could kind of let loose. Mm Mm-hmm. And so now she has to go to this concert being self-conscious about, like, how, what these people are going to think about her. Mm-hmm. She's with Paris, who at this point is still kind of her nemesis, mm-hmm. though they're starting to move past it. 
And I thought that this was just another example of Lorelai thinking about what Lorelai would want in this situation mm. rather than Rory. Because I think Lorelai would thrive in making friends in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Rory would. And it reminds me of when Lorelai invited Dean back for the movie night. Oh, um, yeah. Because she was trying to, like, yeah, pressure. Well, not pressure, but, like, be supportive in a way that, again, Lorelai would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, not thinking about the differences. And maybe I'm projecting. That's probably part of what's happening. But if if somebody had done this to me and I had to go to a concert especially when I was really excited about um, with three people who I would have to be like constantly thinking about how they're perceiving me. Like, Mm -hmm. are they having fun? What's going on? It would have ruined the entire night for me. And I don't think it necessarily ends up ruining the night for them, but I just would have been so angry (laughs) if that Mm -hmm. had happened to me. Um, Like, again, that's probably projecting, but yeah, that was my critique of... (laughs) of Lorelai Lorelai projecting Mm -hmm. kind of (laughs) yeah no I think that's a very very solid critique and my critique will be related to something that happens once Madeline and Louise are at the concert (laughs) so I totally get how you like explain all that this like affects Rory's experience at the concert in a negative way which I definitely agree with (laughs) plus poor yeah as you said poor Suki (laughs) is forced to go and sit at the very end or very back of the concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I think they make the most of it as it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this does bring us to the infamous concert, which has been discussed quite a lot. And I was surprised to see that they actually have, like, the Bengals performing in the episode. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first sort of cameo moment in Gilmore Girls so it's kind of a milestone right yeah I think so and mm-hmm. yeah I kind of wondered like how they managed it maybe yeah. there was just a concert going on and they asked if they could film stuff because I'm assuming at this point they didn't have the budget to actually bring the bangles on for a concert just for that right <laughs> or did like Amy Sherman Palladino know them so it was like a favor. Oh yeah. Because I do think I think I read the story of the the song in the opening credits. Like I think she worked with Carol mm-hmm. King to do a version of it for mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls specifically. I might fi- I read an article about that, so I'll try and link it below if I find it. So maybe you know the Sherman Palladinos have some connections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it paid off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was a pretty cool concert. Yeah. Um, what kind of concerts have you gone to in the past? Do you have a concert that stands out in your mind? <laughs> oh, boy. I will roast myself <laughs> a little bit. My <laughs> my first ever concert I went to was Glee Live. <laughs> and it was just, you know, all Such of the... Such a dork. <laughs> it was all of the Glee actors performing their songs and... I, but I think this is like perfect to note how Glee was such a pop culture phenomenon because this was like a mm-hmm. stadium concert. It was a huge stadium, wow. uh, like the Rosemont one by Chicago. Like, I don't know how a television show could go. And they went to like Ireland <laughs> and England on that tour. It, 
they had some international destinations, but they went all across the country. Like, so I cannot, like, I can't think of a single other show, like a TV show that could have a concert tour like that. And they'd had one the year before, too. So just mind blowing to me. But I think it's such a funny first concert because other people, you know, talk about rock bands or all this other stuff. And Glee Live was my first. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) I think my first concert was probably like Reliant K or something. Mm. I grew up in like going to in a church, going to youth group all the time and stuff. And that was like a big moment for some of those Christian rock bands, you know, mm-hmm. like Switchfoot and Reliant K. So I think one of my my first concert was going to one of those. But I've also went to Warp Tour 2008, you know, mm. like a cool kid. Oh, true. I did go to Lollapalooza once. But I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those, God, those are such a weird thing to experience. Mm-hmm. Like, the one I went to um, was, like, on the side of an amusement park. So that mm-hmm. was cool. You could go on rides mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh. But, like, just a full day of bands and in the daylight i don't Mm -hmm. know there's something about seeing performances in the daylight that's just not as cool (laughs) and there are just so many people i felt so overwhelmed (laughs) yeah seriously my favorite concert was actually just a few years ago when i saw my favorite band on their farewell tour the band is called him Mm. h-i-m yes it's a weird name but i'm an emo kid at heart (laughs) Um, and it was their farewell tour and I got to see them in Chicago mm. house of blues and it was wonderful. Oh yeah. I like, I saw Darren Chris at house of blues. It's an, it's a good, um, location. Mm-hmm. I was, it was like crowded and I, I just, it was a bit too crowded for me, mm-hmm. but it was, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Very good. Um, I had my, <laughs> to return to the concert in the episode, I picked, the song Eternal Flame as my Rory's Bookshelf moment. I thought, you know, they were just bringing up the bangles a lot. And then I actually recognized this song, Eternal Flame. And it's another moment where I can roast myself a little bit because the reason I recognize the song is that they sing it in the movie Pitch Perfect. Have you seen Pitch Perfect? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Yes, I love it. And they, yeah, and I only knew it because the like Barton Bellas seeing Eternal Flame. <laughs> uh, so I don't have much other reasoning than that, but I had just finally made I made that connection. I didn't recognize any of the songs, although I do love Pitch per- Pitch Perfect. That's mm-hmm. a great movie. Yeah. I love most musical things. Same, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So some cool things happen during this. First off, Lorelai and Suki have to hike all the way to the very top of the uh, theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like a giggle fit. The guys sitting next to them are not not happy about it. They did seem kind of delirious. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have also been those grumpy dudes, mm-hmm. to be honest. But downstairs, though... I think this is a great moment between Paris and Rory. Mm -hmm. They're kind of getting along. Um, Paris is, in her own way, having a good time. Um, But this is where the trouble begins with Mm -hmm. uh, Madeline and Louise 
flirting with the guys standing behind them and it yeah it doesn't it it doesn't end well for them yeah I this is the moment for my Friday night dinner critique as well um this whole storyline about Madeline and Louise um being these very like typical boy obsessed teenage girl characters and so I mean part of part of my critique is maybe a bit geared toward the writing of the show uh, like in a larger episode that brings more nuance to Madeline and Louise um, this moment is very like stereotypical um, I find it a bit far-fetched to think they are like that obsessed with boys all the time but mm-hmm. I don't know maybe they are um, But then the other, the more just general critique is of the behavior itself and how um, they want to leave a concert. Like, they're at such a cool event that their friend or maybe their new friend potentially brought them to. Why would you leave? Like, this is the fun thing. That party looked incredibly boring and not (laughs) fun at all. Like, this is the cool thing. And... It doesn't make sense. It's also just totally not safe at all. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Roy's like, no, I'm not willing to go to a strange party with in a strange city with these strange guys. Like, totally dangerous. I suppose part of the episode <laughs> that I appreciate is making that critique itself. Like, they point out, like, this was not responsible at all and it was dangerous. And we got to see this really fun scene of Lorelai, like, ranting at them for their behavior so overall that was my critique of this moment (laughs) yeah I agree it was also just so rude to Mm -hmm. Rory and Lorelai and Suki who gave up their seats for them yeah um and if they it it kind of reminds me of when they're talking about their moms and it really made me think that they maybe they just don't have any conception of like a parent who would worry or something Mm -hmm. which seems unlikely they probably just don't realize that their parents worry about them but yeah 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 it seemed like they had no no conception of the possible consequences Mm -hmm. or like what their actions were gonna do to the other people around them i am glad that paris and rory don't go along with them Mm -hmm. that they stay that would have that would have been really bad i think if they had left with them yeah yeah it's very they seem very sheltered and entitled at the same time but to go along with what you're questioning about do they feel like they have parents who don't worry about them that is a question that Paris raises in a moment that really made me sad for her because when Paris is observing how Lorelai's adamantly going door to door in this apartment building where they've heard the party is Paris wonders if her mom would come looking for her like that And then she says, well, she'd probably send someone. And I don't know, like, is are are all of these children, like, super entitled, which, you know, I want to critique, but also feel a bit bad for them? Like, do they have nobody? (laughs) Like, it really puts into perspective a potential, like, um, nature versus nurture kind of, like, that's overly simplified. But, like, what are their environment, their home environments like? I want to see more. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we kind of I wonder if they're if it's meant to be kind of a parallel to what Lorelai's life growing up with Emily mm-hmm. and Richard was mm-hmm. 
But I, at the same time, I feel like we get a clear picture that Emily and Richard do care about Lorelai, even when she was a kid. Richard might have been a little bit more, like, distant, but Emily was very involved. It just wasn't how Lorelai needed her to be involved. Yeah. But it seems, yeah, like, Madeline and Louise and Paris's parents aren't involved at all. Um, So it it just seems kind of like an absent parent kind of situation, which is, yeah, really sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Emily might be a precursor to, like, what's known as helicopter parenting today. <laughs> Overly and aggressively yeah. involved. <laughs> yeah. And helicopter grandparenting. <laughs> mm, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, to wrap up the the concert evening, I think, as we mentioned, uh, Lorelai and Suki discover after the concert what has happened. They go to the apartment, rescue Madeline and Louise, Uh, yell at them to put them you know to realize the wrongdoings and as you had mentioned overall this was a bit of a bonding moment for Rory and Paris uh, which is really nice like earlier on when they'd been waiting for Madeline and Louise uh, Rory asked Paris why she's into Tristan and we get some interesting background contacts that they've known each other since kindergarten and he kissed her on a dare at one point in sixth grade uh, but that conversa- conversation ends with Rory saying she thinks Paris could do better, which is a very nice compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bar is low. Like, anyone could do better than Tristan because he's <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> but it's still a very kind yeah. thing to say to Paris, especially as they're in the very, very early stages of their friendship forming. Uh, but another good sign to kind mm-hmm. of parallel what you said earlier on Uh, you flagged hopefully for us is that after this whole evening Paris has decided to split the debate time with Rory which is a big milestone (laughs) yeah yeah this at the very end of them like finding Madeline and Louise was my gazebo moment for the episode yay when Paris says it's the best night she's ever had (laughs) and she might have she might have been being somewhat sarcastic, but I think there was some genuine feeling to that. Mm-hmm. And I think it just like for me it was a gazebo moment because it it showed it's another like um step on the beginning of a very strange but wonderful friendship mm-hmm. <laughs> that we've kind of been noting over the past couple episodes. Um so I was just happy and we're getting to know Paris more, see more more uh dimensions Mm -hmm. for her and even though she has terrible taste in men at the time (laughs) I definitely feel like she had a childhood crush on Tristan and Mm -hmm. I think that those kind of stick around despite (laughs) new evidence of people's terribleness so yeah that's yeah poor poor Paris but I really liked this moment Mm -hmm. all right then the last scene that we have in this episode is finally the rummage sale i don't know what else to say about it other than (laughs) luke says he bought um a magnet for i think it was a nickel and he says i got magnetic sushi all is right with the world (laughs) and i thought same luke same (laughs) i actually had my Lorelai's closet moment in this conversation with Luke mm. because Lorelai is wearing a beanie that has green Bigfoots on it 
you know that like uh picture of bigfoot where he's like walking through the forest and looking off to the side so it's just kind of like him with his feet out and his arm like one arm behind him one in front oh it was those just like green patterns on her beanie it was the weirdest thing i paused it and i stared at Mm. it it was like are these like snowmen or like gingerbread people or something but i'm pretty sure it was bigfoot on her hat and it was hilarious i I loved it i would probably wear that hat Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah i think that's pretty much what we get from the episode the only other thing we get in this last scene is um lorelei kind of apologizes for inviting madeline and louise and paris along she kind of she admits that she really thought it was a great idea she might have been kind of uh like maybe moved too quickly or something Mm -hmm. um but Mm -hmm. it it doesn't seem to be a huge point of contention Mm -hmm. between the two of them so she anticipated your critique (laughs) yeah (laughs) good they're listening to us Uh and yeah and the the very last thing too is also that luke and lorelei touch base about the sweater and she convinces Luke to take it back as a way for him to, like, remember the relationship. And he says, like, I'm not pining. I'm remembering. And I thought, <laughs> well, of course you can't be pining for Rachel because you're too busy pining for Lorelai. <laughs> that was my last note. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. can only pine for one person at a time. Right. Oh, that almost rhymed. I like it. <laughs> Okay, cool. So this was a fun episode. I'm excited to see what happens next. This was kind of, there was drama in this episode, but overall it was kind of one of the more tame episodes. It Mm -hmm. didn't have a huge blowout fight or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see what happens next. (laughs) Yeah, me too. That brings us to the end then. Yeah, um, as always... Um, don't forget to rate us and leave reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we're still taking gazebo moments from you, our wonderful listeners. And you can send those to talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can either send them in a voice memo or you can just write it out and we'll read it for you. And also follow us on Instagram at talkingfastpodcast. All right. Till next week. Yep. Talk to you next week.